Welcome back to the best college football pick'em pod in the land. We're here for a week five pick'em pod on the blackout. Of course, we're always coming to you from bellyupsports.com. He is Alan Denton and can be found on Twitter at AD on the blackout. I'm Thomas Black and I can be found at TB on the blackout. Alan, it was another wild weekend of college football and man, weather sometimes impacts these things. Of course, we don't want to see anything terrible going on in Florida because of the hurricane coming through, but our college football pick'em slate for week five is already shifting around as UCF and SMU shifting their game to Sunday. That's still included on our pick'em slate, so it doesn't impact things there, of course, other than the weekend bleeding on deeper and deeper going into Sunday rather than just deep into the morning Sunday. It's going to be really interesting to see what goes down this weekend, but uh, Alan, we've got a lot to watch as we head into week five. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be fascinating to see if any other of these games end up getting pushed. You've got Florida State hosting Wake Forest, and I know they're projecting it could be pretty messy with Clemson NC State. Whether something to consider this week as you look at your pick and slate. It is very interesting to watch. I know that Florida State word has been that they think they can play the game as scheduled. It's already getting pretty late in the week as you and I are recording on Wednesday night instead of our typical Tuesday night. So it very well could be that that one's staying put. The same thing with Clemson. They've been talking about being able to play the game as scheduled. So we'll see if any last minute changes come. But the fact that we've already seen several changes on the board, I just don't know that we're going to see a whole lot more this deep into the week as we get in, especially into Thursday and Friday unless there's just something unexpected happen. For the most part, I think things have kind of settled down. But, hey, you know, if you're not a huge NFL fan, now you've got a couple of games on Sunday to keep you company. That is absolutely right, man. I love the NFL, but as this project has grown and grown, I just don't watch it anymore. You know, I keep up with little tidbits here and there, but I miss out on... 98% of the stuff that I used to keep up with. So I know so little about the NFL compared to what I used to, but man, it is fun keeping up with college football. And I'll take a little bit on Sunday, just like we had on Memorial Day weekend back at the beginning of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge proponent of college football anytime I can get it. (laughs) We are proponents of the game of college football. And Alan, if you're up for it, let's go ahead and dive into the picks that we had last week. Let's jump in, man. All right, the ATS slate over on CBSSports.com was not so kind to me and Allen. Allen went four and six this past week. The wins were Minnesota minus three and a half, Notre Dame minus one and a half, Florida plus ten and a half, and Arkansas plus two and a half. The losses were Iowa State minus two and a half, Kansas minus eight and a half as an ATS lock, Oregon minus six and a half, Oklahoma minus twelve and a half, Southern Cal minus six and a half, and Clemson. Minus seven and a half as one half of a lock party. Alan, the losses in the locks take you to four and four on the season. Fortunately, still hitting at 50%. Your overall ATS record is 17 and 23, hitting at 43%. You're in a tie for 14th overall, and you're four games off the lead. How are you feeling post week four? Well, compared to where I started last week, I'll take the four and six record to be totally honest. With you. <laughs> I think at one point I was like one and four or something. Then I was like, oh dear, this is going to be messy going on that podcast and having to own up to that. It's amazing how close 
some of these games were to the spread. You know, I had Kansas as a part of my lock last week and had them covering at that eight and a half mark, and they win by eight. Unreal. And same thing happened essentially with Clemson. You know, Clemson could have covered if they get that two-point conversion at the end of the second overtime, but instead they don't. They win by six, so they didn't cover the seven-and-a-half-point spread. Just a wild turn of events. And that one, Oregon, for example, that wasn't one of our locks, but that was a game one they should have lost. But two, they actually should have covered. Not only should they have lost, they should have covered <laughs> at six and a half. And they didn't because they couldn't stop Cam Ward and that offense. And so a, a late, you know, essentially useless touchdown. Just a crazy crazy week of college football it definitely was you may have had a rough week but alan when you talk about four and six coming out on an okay spot it really really was because think back to what we saw in the first three weeks of our pick'em over on cbs sports each week we had at least one person come away with a seven and three record against the spread those were the top marks that we had through the first three weeks but this week we had one person go six and four shout out to jorge the rest of the group was five and five or worse. So he gained at least a game on every single person in the group. Hey, I'll take that. <laughs> you know, that's the way to do it. That is the way to do it. Allen's week may not have gone well under 500. My week went a little bit worse. I went three and seven. The wins were Minnesota minus three and a half, Arkansas plus two and a half, Oregon State plus six and a half. The losses, Iowa State minus two and a half, Kansas minus eight and a half. North Carolina plus one and a half, Tennessee minus 10 and a half, Oregon minus six and a half, Oklahoma minus 12 and a half as an ATS lock, and Clemson minus seven and a half as the other half of that lock party. Alan, it was rough having a lock party go down immediately the first time Mm. we did it, but like you said, it was very close. Oklahoma, man, I don't know what happened in that game because I broke it down for you here on the podcast last week. I talked about how Adrian Martinez hadn't had a good game all year. He comes out and plays like a Heisman Trophy winner. Oklahoma (laughs) goes down to Kansas State once again. It was nuts to see what went down over the weekend. Just absolute insanity, bro. And not only was that, you know, a crazy one, that USC-Oregon State game, no one could watch it because it's on the forbidden Pac-12 network. More people get like HBO and stuff than get Pac-12 network. One of those things just makes no sense. Both of those games were late games, but just bonkers. Adrian Martinez played out of his freaking mind. You know, most of the time he played like Jarrett Garantano. And today he was absolutely the best quarterback in the nation. It made no sense. (laughs) Man, I loved that Oregon State game. I needed it bad. Think about this. Late into the night, Saturday night, early morning Sunday, I was sitting at two and seven against the spread. But I cashed on that Oregon State pick plus the six and a half. I really thought they could hang close with USC. I didn't think it was going to be near as low scoring as it was, but I certainly got that. And, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about it later, but I was really pulling for the Beavers to get that win. But it was mighty nice to get that third win with the Beavers covering the six and a half point spread. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I was hoping 
and hoping that Oregon State would win that game because of where I had them on the confidence board. But, hey, it didn't work in our favor. <laughs> hey, you and me both on the confidence board, but we'll talk about it here in just a moment. Alan, my locks bring me to under 500 on the season. Unfortunately, I'm now 3-5 and five in ATS locks. That's only 38%. I'll see if I can get that corrected here in Week 5. And total on the season against the spread, I am 17 and 23, the same mark that Allen is. I'm in a tie for 14th, just like he is four games back off the lead. So Allen, really with a three and seven week, the fact that I'm only four games off the lead, I feel pretty good about where I'm at, but I liked mm-hmm. that I was in a tie for 10th a week ago. Now I'm in a tie for 14th, but I know that can turn around with say a five and five week or another week over 500 if I can get back to six and four like I did in week one. Exactly. It just takes one good week. And I'm hoping that I can strike gold on one of these weeks. And maybe you can ride up with me. You know, we can go together. That's right. Alan, let's look at the confidence side of the pick'em board. This is on ESPN.com. In week four, Alan had a pretty strong week going seven and three, collecting 40 points. The wins were Clemson at a nine, Oregon at an eight, Kansas at a seven, Tennessee at a six, Minnesota at a five, Southern Cal at a four, and Notre Dame at a one. On the losses, you took Oklahoma at a 10, Arkansas at a 3, and Iowa State at a 2. Alan, you're now 28-12 and 12 on the season, maintaining a 70% winning mark all the way through since week 1. You now have 163 points. You're in a tie for 16th and 14 points off the lead. How are you feeling on the confidence side after we broke down the ATS? Well, I'm feeling like Arkansas should have won that stupid game. That's how I'm feeling. (laughs) That's really how I'm feeling. I honestly should have had Minnesota higher. But still, them at a five was pushing them up the board a pretty decent bit. And both you and I got some valuable points on that one. Um, I was really sweating it when Clemson was battling Wake Forest. And I was thinking, uh, at least I'm going to lock in my 10 with Oklahoma. And then they just pooped the bed. But uh, overall, a good week, hit on some good things. But I just know that I know that I know that I know that Arkansas should have won that dang game. And help me out here real quick. I didn't do what I was supposed to. What were your confidence plays last week? I know I had Minnesota as one of them. That was a confidence value pick, as you talked about pushing them up to the five. What was your other play? It was Arkansas, and they didn't get it done. Dinged one off the literal top of the goalpost, which I don't know that I've ever seen before in my life. But not only that, this is one of the flukiest losses I've ever seen. They should have been up 21 to nothing. The game's over. KJ Jefferson fumbles the ball. Boom. Texas A&M scores, and it's a different ball game. Multiple times, Arkansas should have been able to win this game and gone a, you know, a decent bit ahead. Definitely. Alan, my confidence slate was a little bit worse than yours. Six and four, and I collected 36 points. The wins were Clemson at a nine as a confidence value pick, Kansas at an eight, Tennessee at a seven, Oregon at a five, Southern Cal at a four, Minnesota at a three, and the losses were Oklahoma at a 10, Arkansas at a six. I really put a lot of value on that one. North Carolina at a two, and Iowa State at a one. And if I remember correctly, my other confidence value play was also Arkansas. I think we were lined up on that one. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. Alan, the thing for me is I had 36 points. Really, that was only middle of the pack. But if you swing the Arkansas result, which you already talked about, I'll tell you that the KJ Jefferson fumble, that would have gone 21-7 
It probably would have been 21-7 at the half instead it was 14-13. But I'm with you. Two really fluky plays. They set themselves up for the win. They were the better team on that day. I think even taking the loss, you and I were absolutely on the right side of that one. Absolutely. That's the difference in a huge swing. Because, you know, that was kind of a 50-50 type game in regards to picks. And you're swinging yourself up six points, me up three points, and some of those other people, they're coming down. And then, of course, when we start talking about the USC-Oregon State game, that was a really big one because we had them much lower than the average person. Oh, yes, we did. That's the second game I wanted to touch on because, Alan, I'll just go ahead and take the loss in Arkansas. I know it should have gone the other way. I think we were on the right side of it. But I'll also tell you, we were absolutely on the right side of Southern Cal. You and I both had the Trojans out of four. If you looked at every other single pick in the pick'em, every single person picked Southern Cal, and every other single person had them higher than a four on their board. Everybody else was either way wrong or didn't put Southern Cal low enough. We had them at the correct spot, and we got punished because Southern Cal won. And I'm sitting there late into the night on Sunday thinking, man, Oregon State can absolutely do this. They led multiple times in the game, and I was really hoping for a 5-5 five and five result in my pick'em board once that game was coming down to the wire because late into the night, Saturday night, I was sitting in second place on our pick'em board, and it wasn't until Southern Cal won that game until I dropped into a tie for seventh place with 168 points. So I collected my four points, but I really didn't want to because I wanted a lot of other people to be hurt a lot worse than I was because there were a lot of eights, nines, and tens on the board. And I say to everyone who had Southern Cal at an eight, nine, or ten, you had them way miscalculated. But there will be a lot of people who won't even retain that information going forward. Listeners of this podcast should. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm glad even though we didn't touch on that one last week, we had that thing pegged right. That feels pretty good, but it, it also kind of stinks when you get smacked around because of it. Even though we got those four points, we took the L overall. We did overall, but we know as a data point, you and I were on top of it, and it's something we need to know about Southern Cal. Their offense is not invincible, and they can get in a dogfight with a Pac-12 team that's less talented. Uh, anything can happen. We were on the right spot this past weekend. That's right. And if it weren't for what, four Oregon State turnovers, that's probably a different ballgame. Definitely so. Alan, we have to recap who our leaders are at this point. In our ATS pick'em over on CBS Sports, we have a three-way tie for the top spot. Our leaders are 21 and 19 on their season through four weeks. That's sitting at just over 52%. They have a one-game lead on another player that is at 50%, but Alan, everybody else is under 500. Those three leaders are Alex, Derek, and Kristen. I'll give her props. Kristen's my wife. I didn't mention it last week. She gave me a hard time for not mentioning that a week ago, but she has done (laughs) an excellent job in the Pick'em Contest so far. And uh, Alan, it's going to be interesting to see how these three do, being that they are now the only three in the entire Pick'em board who are above 500. Congrats to them. I mean, that's a big deal. And uh, it should be fun the rest of the way. I think people are starting to get their sea legs a little bit. Definitely. Even you can call it sea legs because they're shaking some as as coming (laughs) off of week four because everybody had such a disastrous week. (laughs) Very true. That's hurricane sea legs. (laughs) That's right. 
Our leader in the confidence pick'em is also Alex, who's in a tie in the ATS pick'em. He is 29 and 11 on the season in his picks and has 177 points. Alan, he has a six-point lead on second place. He's had a really phenomenal first four weeks, and it'll be interesting to see if he can carry that way. Let's say as we start approaching the midway point of the season, still a few weeks away, but it'll be interesting to see how that lead holds up over the next few weeks. Yeah, kudos to him. Alex has been doing this a long time. He's one of the original crew, longtime supporter of the podcast. This boy knows what he's doing. So it'll be fun to kind of see how his lead holds up as the year rolls along. All right, Alan, are you ready to dive into our week five picks? That's why we're here, man. Let's do this. Let's do it. Alan, you had the far better week than I did a week ago. Uh, totaling up your four and six week in the ATS, your seven and three week in the confidence. You were a game better than me in both of those formats. So why don't you go ahead and take us away with an ATS lock over on CBS Sports? That sounds good, man. So my against the spread lock is going back against the team that quite honestly, I hate so much because they didn't deserve to win last week. I've gotten Mississippi State covering the three-and-a-half-point spread. So the spread has since grown to a four-point spread in Vegas. But I've got Mississippi State at home against A&M being able to handle that A&M offense this week. Uh, Will Rogers and the Pirate sell the high seas since we're going with the nautical theme on this podcast. I've got them covering that spread. Uh, I anticipate them winning by around a touchdown or more. I like it. I'm not going to lock this one up, but I am going to be on the same side. There's a lot of reasons for it. You talk about this game being at Mississippi State, all the cowbells, all the noise that has to be dealt with, Max Johnson leading this, I'll tell you, totally inept offense. You know, it hasn't been any good whatsoever. Plus, we got the news that Anaya Smith, the wide receiver, the star wide receiver for the Aggies, had a break in his leg over the weekend against Arkansas. He's done for the year. He's been just about the only semblance of a positive offensive player that they've had all year so the fact that he's gone is a big boost to Mississippi State the only reason I'm not locking this one up with you is simply because I could see a scenario in which this is a really ugly low scoring game you know there's a lot of talent on that Texas A&M defense and I could see them causing some problems potentially to Will Rogers in this offense at the same time though if the Bulldogs play a clean game offensively and take care of the football I'm with you I think they cover the spread so I'm definitely going to be on that side I think it's definitely where the smart money plays in this game just because Texas A&M does not pack an offensive punch at this point but it makes a lot of sense to have the Bulldogs at home minus the three and a half this week on the CBS Sports Pick'em. Yeah I feel pretty comfortable with this one as long as Mississippi State's defense and Zach Arnett are able to stop a chain for Texas A&M who is an incredibly explosive athlete. I mean that guy has got wiggle and he has got tremendous speed but if you can bottle him up you can keep them below 17 points and I think that's probably where they're going to end up getting to in that 14 17 range and that means all you got to get to is 21 and I think they can do that even against what is a pretty dang good Texas A&M team it's also important to note that I believe it's next weekend October 8th when A&M and Bama match up And so are they kind of thinking ahead a little bit like, oh, this is our chance to shine again and not thinking so much about this road trip to Mississippi State? I could see a scenario where that happens. I don't know if they'll be looking ahead, man. They've been so bad offensively. (laughs) 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 I think think they've got 
probably got to have their attention on every single game. I don't know, but I understand what you're saying. But you're right about Devin A. Chain. Man, he's awesome as a running back. But now that you take away Anaya Smith, that's one less piece that the Mississippi State has to focus on. And I think their full attention can really be on A-Chain in this running game and force Max Johnson to make plays. You know, that means that a guy like a true freshman, five-star wide receiver, Evan Stewart, has to step up. You know, he's been good for them, but he hasn't been phenomenal to this point. So against this Mississippi State team that I've propped up pretty well defensively a couple times this year, I think they should have the answers for this Aggies offense. Yeah, I agree, man. All right, Alan, I am going to look at a Pac-12 matchup for my first ATS lock over on the CBS Sports Pick'em. That is because the Cal Golden Bears are 3-1 and one on the season, heading to the 3-1 and one Washington State Cougars. A lot of interesting things to look at in this matchup, Alan, as the Cougars host the Golden Bears in what I would say is a very surprising matchup to see in our Pick'em. I didn't anticipate that either one of these teams would necessarily be 3-1 and one at this point. I didn't necessarily think that either one of these teams would look as good as they have. So I've been relatively impressed, but I want to zero in on a couple of aspects of what we've seen from both of these teams to this point. Alan, with Washington State, everybody should be pretty focused on what they've done this year, especially winning at Wisconsin. And they won 17-14. to 14. They got praised for it. They got talked about how physical they were defensively. But Alan... Looking closer at that game, they were outgained 401 to 253, nearly 150 yards in favor of the Badgers of Wisconsin. Not only that, but Wisconsin ran the ball for four yards per carry in that game. Then you fast forward to this past weekend, the game against Oregon. Now you said Washington State should have won that game. In a sense, yes, they should have. Late in the game when they were ahead, they should have won the game. But if you rewind back to when Bo Nix threw a pick six when they were going in to score and it's returned all the way back for a two-score lead for Washington State, I could kind of swing that thing better around and say Oregon should have been the one scoring a touchdown in that scenario. And you might have been looking at a drastically different game all the way back to the first half where Oregon's possibly very much in control of that game. Again, looking at yardage, Oregon racked up 624 yards in that game. That's to Washington State's 428, nearly a 200-yard differential. Washington State also gave up 5.6 yards per carry in the game, and uh, I think that game could have looked very, very different. But I think a lot of people are going to be focused on, hey, they beat Wisconsin, and they should have possibly beaten Oregon, while I will say, hey, I think Oregon actually outperformed them through a lot of that game. You flip it over to the Cal Golden Bears. I mentioned already they're 3-1 and one on the season, but they've got Jack Plummer playing pretty well at quarterback. He's only completing just north of 60% of his passes so far this year, but he has protected the ball, throwing eight touchdowns versus only two interceptions. I think he has a decent core of receivers, but it's really freshman running back Jaden Ott, who has been very Very good. He was a four-star kid coming out of high school. He's averaging 8.3 yards per carry. And this past week against Arizona, he went nuts. 19 carries for 273 yards and three scores. Alan, I think this Cal offense can have some success against a Washington State defense that has given up a lot of yards against the best competition it's played. Surprisingly, I think Cal has some punch offensively, and I think they're going to be able to move the ball. So I'm going to lock this one up in favor of the underdog. I'm taking the Cal Golden Bears plus four and a half points on the road. I think there is a great chance they could very well win this game. 
But at the very least, I think they can keep it within a field goal against a Washington State team that's been decent with Cameron Ward at quarterback, but he's been inconsistent. I'll say 10 touchdowns versus five interceptions. I'm a little concerned about that. I don't think his wide receivers are all that good, and they don't run the ball much. So I really do think that Cal can surprise them, come in, give them a very competitive game, keep it within a field goal, maybe even win the game. Give me the Cal Golden Bears as an ATS lock over on CBS Sports plus the four and a half. This is a fascinating game to me. One, again, it's the Pac-12 Network, so nobody in the world's going to see it. But if you look just at pure like statistics, this is essentially the same team. Both of them average 30 points a game. Both of them allow 20 points a game. But there is a bit of a difference. Both of them essentially average 380 yards allowed a game. But Cal's offense, statistically, is averaging about 50 more yards per game against what has been fairly similar competition four games into the season. I think this is going to be a close one. I, in all honesty, like looking at the spread being where it is, this one feels like a total coin flip to me. I kind of like Cal in, in some ways, like my heart kind of leans that way. But with it being in Washington State, we'll see where I end up. But it is one of those that I think is a really intriguing matchup. And I can very much see the path, a pretty wide path to what you're saying. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I'll look at is, sure, Cal has a loss to Notre Dame. You'd mentioned some similar competition. But where I talk about where Washington State has gotten the win over Wisconsin and had that close loss against Oregon where I think they were actually outperformed in both of those games. You look at what Cal did against Notre Dame, and that was a very evenly played game, back and forth, and I think Cal very easily could have won the game. If you turn around some of their fourth down failed conversions, then you're looking at an opportunity where they could have sprung the upset on the road. So I think just as much as you could be talking about Washington State looking at a 4-0 record, but I think very questionably, I think you could easily be looking at this Cal team being 4-0 and really saying some very positive things about this team. Yeah, I think very much so. This is an intriguing matchup on a neutral field. I would lean Cal, but it's one of those things I can see it. That's the beautiful part about the against the spread. This line feels exactly right to me. And so I think it's going to come down to the final little bit on who covers that spread. I love it. Alan, where are you headed for the confidence pick over on ESPN.com? Jumping over to the confidence. Uh, this week, we've already talked about weather potentially being a factor here in this game. Last week, I was not particularly impressed with Clemson. I think DJ Uyangalale played well. They were missing three of their top cornerbacks, and they get those guys back, which I think is a big deal. They would be a six or seven on your board as a six and a half point favorite against NC State. Now they're at home this week, whereas they were on the road last week. But overall, their pass defense has left something to be desired. And throwing the ball is something that NC State very much can do with Devin Leary and company. They're similar to a Wake Forest team as last week, probably not as explosive, but they have a better defense. This potentially has maybe some rain in it. I'm just moving Clemson down my board. I think there's better value in moving some other folks up your board 
and I could potentially see this one being one of those games where essentially NC State could be like kicking to potentially win it by one or two or something like that as this game has occurred in the past. So I don't like this being in the upper tier or even the upper middle of my board. So I'm bumping this thing down to that three or four type of range. My gut reaction said the exact same thing, Alan. And then I dove into the matchup. And frankly, I haven't been impressed with Devin Leary this season. I mean, I think that we've seen in the past, he can be very, very good. And his receivers can be very, very good. But if you look at the game they had against ECU, their offense really did not perform very well. And even when you look back at their recent game against Texas Tech, I think Texas Tech actually was the better offense in that game. It was the defense and the turnovers that got NC State through this one. Of course, that could strike again. And they could force DJU to turn the ball over. But I think DJU has gotten better, as we talked about last week. And when you talk about Clemson returning a bunch of defensive backs in this game, getting a bunch of starters back, they really got torched the last two weeks, both against Louisiana Tech and Wake Forest. But against an NC State offense that hasn't really been particularly great this season, I think that's a big advantage for Clemson. So a tough defense with a tough defensive line that we've talked about. I think that Clemson's a good spot in this game on their home field. So originally, my gut said absolutely lower Clemson on the board. But in a game and a set of games that we have that we have a bunch of teams favored by only one score, I've got to pick somebody to have confidence in. So when NC State hasn't been good offensively against their best competition, and Clemson Fields, one of the best defenses in the country, and they're getting help coming back in the defensive backfield, I like Clemson in this matchup. So, Alan, I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to take the Tigers, and I'm going to put them at a 9 on my board simply because I'm going to stick with what I think is an improved Clemson offense and this very, very talented Clemson defense to continue to slow down this NC State offense as they've done already this year against the best competition they've faced. Yeah, I mean, to Clemson's credit, they've scored more than 35 every single game and more than 40 in three of the four games. So their offense has definitely improved but I, I think in some ways as we've talked about their defense is taking a step back i chalked that win for nc state up against texas tech i think that's a good win i think it's been shown that this texas tech team is not a texas tech team from a few years ago right they mm-hmm. they win against houston last week they win in a weird game against texas but they still beat what I would consider a, a definitely a better Texas team than last year. And so this is a Texas Tech team that in many ways I think is much improved, even with Donovan Smith as their quarterback instead of Tyler Shuck. This is one of those things that Dabo typically does have his team playing really well in big games. This is a night game, 7.30 p.m. type of thing, so it's going to be a big-time atmosphere. This is just one of those things, if you're talking about a uh, just a road dog who – Whereas you're super confident in them, I most likely am am not. (laughs) Hey, I'm leaning on talent, experience, and a group that's been there many, many times before. And I get totally what you're saying about their win over Texas Tech. I'm with you. I think Texas Tech's a pretty good football team this year. It's just sad to me that Texas Tech went on the road to NC State, and you hyped them up that week. You were absolutely right. NC State covered the spread, but I think it was a little faulty. 
If you look back at that, Texas Tech actually outgained the Wolfpack by 83 yards in that game. That's because NC State gained less than 300 yards offensively in the whole game. So I do give a lot of credit to Texas Tech and how good of a football team they are this year. But if it weren't for four turnovers in that game, I think they might have been the team coming out on top. So I look at this thing with NC State, and I just don't have a lot of faith in that offense to perform well, possibly in a storm against this Clemson defense. And uh, if nothing else, I'm with you that – you know, Clemson hasn't faced a real quality defense to this point, but I think we could be looking at a slow, slugfest, lower scoring game with a couple of teams that aren't going to have a ton of success offensively in that matchup. I just like Clemson to come out on top because I think I've seen more consistency from their offense than we even have from NC State this year. That's fair, Ant. The numbers as far as offenses back you up in that regard. But uh, I'm leaning on NC State's defense to be able to slow that attack down and make it to where it's uncomfortable in the fourth quarter (laughs) in a a way that I wouldn't want to have them too far up my board. Hey, not like last week, at least, you know. Hey, to your credit, I think we have nine games on this pick and board that you can argue any which way that can make you feel uncomfortable on either side. Uh, very true. Yeah. <laughs> every, 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 what is it? Nine of them are touchdown or less spreads. Yes, exactly. So, so I just happen to find one that I found enough deficiencies in one area that I'm saying, yeah, I'm pretty confident, but I still agree with you. This could easily be a one score game that goes right down to the wire. All right, Alan, for my confidence value pick that I am going to side with, I'm touching on the exact same game that I did against the spread over on CBS Sports. And I'm going to go back to what we talked about in review of our picks this past week. I was sitting up late Saturday night listening to the radio call of Southern Cal and Oregon State. I couldn't watch it on the Pac-12 network. And Oregon State led multiple times in that game. You and I were on it. We both had Southern Cal at a four. I was hoping for the Southern Cal loss so that a lot of other people would be penalized much worse than I would have been. But Southern Cal did pull the win out. So I'm going back to Cal versus Washington State. I've already told you, I think Cal can possibly go on the road and win this game at Washington State. But, Alan, I'm not jumping on the side of Cal. There's really one reason for that. Because I think that Cal could be the better team in this matchup. But when you look at the pick and board on ESPN, Washington State is being picked by 95% of the people on the confidence pick them around the world. That is a ton. But when you look at the active spread that we have over on ESPN, the Cougars are a four-point favorite. If you went according to the spread, that would suggest that you should slot Washington State at either a four or a five. But Alan, I think we could go right down to the wire in this game, and I'm going to go with the same philosophy that I did with Southern Cal. I want to have one of the lowest point totals of anyone on the board for Washington State, so I'm going to take the Cougars at a one. Frankly, I don't want to get caught in the scenario where I'm on Cal and they lose a close game and I get penalized while 95% of the people pick up points. But I do want to be in the scenario where if Cal pulls the upset that I have Washington State at the very least as a tie for the lowest point total of anyone in our entire group. So I will be on the Cougars at a one thinking that Cal can pull the upset and I'll be actively pulling for the Golden Bears to do so. Yeah, I'm feeling that. And going back, I think this is a game that's very, very, very much a toss-up. And so it's going to be super fun to follow this on the ESPN app. 
Whereas we had a bunch of people picking Southern Cal at eights, nines, and tens, we won't see those values with Washington State. That's why I'm being so aggressive and dropping them down. I think we'll see fours, fives, maybe even some sixes. You might see a seven or two, but it's not going to go much higher than that. That's where I think this has enough upset potential that I want them at that lowest value for me. That way, if Cal does pull the upset, I can be pulling in three, four, five points on some people that will really benefit me going forward into week five. I like it, man. All right, Alan, anything else you want to touch on before we head off to the end of this episode and head over to our bonus pick and pod over on Patreon? I think it's time to set sail into the sunset, my friend. All right, Alan, one other thing that I'll say is for anybody who is out there who is a little bit skeptical about our picks and isn't sure they want to buy into more episodes by joining us as a walk-on level or higher over on Patreon. The other thing that you could do if you just enjoy the contest that we run and you enjoy listening to this episode here and there along the way for some perspective, the other thing you could do is jump on Patreon and become a season ticket holder. That's a little bit lower value. It's a dollar and 50 cents per month, but what you'll do is you'll be able to see the pot grow for future contests, see more and bigger prizes come out there and that would be a big help to the show so that's another option that's out there and down the road we may find some bonus perks for those of you who join at that level but it would be something that would really be a benefit to the show the development and the contest and the prizes down the road so alan hopefully we'll see some more people jump on board but we've had a pretty good start here on the best college football pick and pod in the land absolutely man all right for those of you who are already team members we will see you over on patreon and uh, we'll talk to you on the bonus pick and pod we have coming up next here for week five see you on the other side thank you for listening to this belly up sports podcast network product Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.